Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. For too long, there's kind of been this mindset from hunters and anglers, at least in Michigan and from my perspective, that climate change is this, this big thing that isn't really impacting or affecting my way of life. And that's how we kind of have to approach this conversation with hunters and anglers and really tie it to the, the evidence that we're seeing or they're seeing directly on the ground. Climate change. Those two words are becoming more present every day, even to those of us who prefer the peace and quiet of a morning on the water or the excitement of a bugle piercing crisp fall air. But we begin to notice that things are a bit off. When wildfires still rage during rifle season, or western rivers have permanent afternoon fishing closures every summer, or when more frequent and more powerful hurricanes continue to ravage waterfowl paradise in the southeast, something just ain't right, and we know it. Our sporting traditions are threatened, threatened in a way we can't ignore, threatened in a way that could severely alter our way of life. So, shall we sit and watch our hunt slide away our family fishing trips deteriorate into a lesser version of the glory days, and our cherished Octobers and Novembers drift into something we can only reminisce about? That's really not an option. Our option is to get active, use our knowledge, and tell our stories. Tell the world that our sporting lives are worth saving, and that there's plenty left worth fighting for. We start now. We start by telling our stories. This is Vanishing Seasons, Climate Chronicles from the Field. Michigan, the UP, the Great Lakes, names that are all synonymous with American sporting history. As much as anywhere, hunting and fishing are part of life and deeply protected as part of the fabric and history of Michigan's outdoor culture. Opening day of deer season is practically a holiday. Michigan is also a northern state, and the further north one looks, the more evident climate change becomes. 
from the loss of aspen forests and wetlands to changes in waterfowl migration patterns and water temperatures too hot for trout. Things are undoubtedly changing for an area steeped in the sporting way of life. Nick Green was born and raised in Michigan and has hunted and fished his entire life. He hears stories from old-timers about the way things used to be. He observes, year after year, as his cherished waterfowl hunts change in odd ways and has a growing sense of the need to act in order to conserve Michigan's proud and storied traditions. Tell me who you are and where you grew up, where you spent your time as a youngster. Yeah, so my name is Nick Green. Uh, I'm an avid hunter, angler, conservationist. Uh, I grew up in Mesick, Michigan, about 30 miles south of Traverse City in Michigan's northern lower peninsula. Uh, I grew up in a hunting fishing family, so I had a, a stepfather and a father who were avid hunters and anglers, a grandfather as well. Um, so I grew up hunting and fishing, mostly deer hunting uh, for my kind of childhood and, and sitting on my grandpa and stepdad's laps. Uh, and then as I started to kind of mature, I discovered fly fishing and that kind of started my conservation journey. Excellent. So tell me a little bit more about your favorite hunting and fishing pursuits, what you're, what you're hunting and fishing for there in Michigan. So, you know, my, my hunting and angling journey has kind of evolved from being mostly a deer hunter, uh, you know, in my, my preteen years and in teen years. Um, and then I, I kind of became really interested in fishing and then discovered fly fishing and now most of my, my outdoor pursuits center around either duck and goose hunting, uh, grouse and woodcock hunting, or fly fishing. Uh, and I'm an avid bird dogger, so I own, own three bird dogs that I am constantly training. And uh, I have the opportunity to wing shoot about 60 days a year most years. So I'm, I'm pretty fortunate in that respect. And they consume a lot of my life. I've kind of let go of the, the hold on deer hunting and, and focused a lot more on birds. The temperature in Michigan has risen two to three degrees over the last 100 years, one of the largest increases in the nation. And over the past 50 years, precipitation has increased across the Midwest, as have extreme events like heavy rainstorms. These events have increased flooding and the input of pollutants into waterways. Scientists predict these events will continue to increase in frequency and intensity and that flooding will become more of the norm. Like many places in the north, ice is forming later in the fall and melting earlier in the spring on Michigan's lakes, including the iconic Great Lakes, which also increases evaporation and lowers water levels. Even more interesting, and following the extreme events predictions of climate scientists, is the erratic nature of ice formation, sometimes coming way early with an early season storm, or sometimes several weeks or even months later than historical averages. Overall, ice formation on the Great Lakes has decreased by more than 60% since the 1970s. These irregularities have an effect on waterfowl hunting, ice fishing, and the seasonal nature of outdoor pursuits in the area. Are you seeing other atypical occurrences in Michigan related to the climate change? Yeah, I mean, one of the biggest things I've noticed in the last probably five years or so uh, are really extreme weather events that we're seeing in the spring and in the fall. Um, so as an avid waterfowl hunter, you know, 
in in Michigan, typically in a typical season, how it's been for for a long time, uh, we start October out and we have open water, we have ducks around, and then as we move into into early November, uh, we generally start to get ice, and then by mid November we're frozen. Um, you know, the last five years I've had a year where I was hunting in six inches of water on New Year's Eve. Uh, and it was open, so we didn't have ice. We have had, just this past year, we had ice in the end of October, right when our peak migrations should have been starting. Uh, and so it's these these kind of unusual weather, weather patterns are really having an effect on not only my time of field, but also the, the species that depend on the habitat as they're migrating, specifically ducks. Beyond changing migratory patterns in a regular ice formation, Michigan's waters are also warming at a high rate. Warming waters contribute to things like algal blooms that starve water of the oxygen species like trout need to survive. Anglers are reporting high water temperatures in cold water streams, while guides are having to cancel trips due to these high temperatures and irregular insect hatches. Anglers are also reporting a transition from native brook trout to brown trout across the state. Brook trout are Michigan's state fish and used to occupy thousands of miles of the state's streams, but are now down to only a handful of strongholds. While several factors have contributed to the decline in brook trout, warming waters are a known culprit of their decline. They need cold, clean, oxygenated water, which is harder to come by as Michigan experiences the impacts of a changing climate. Nick has directly experienced some of these changes himself. You're seeing some changes in the fisheries too, uh, where you once found native brook trout. You know, you've talked about now seeing brown trout, and you know we all we all love fishing brown trout, but that really means kind of a loss of an iconic native species in in Michigan's waters. You know, what does that change mean to you personally? Some of my earliest memories as an outdoors person center around brook trout fishing with my grandfather. Um, we would take. You know, even when I was real young, we'd have just cane poles with line tied to it and the worm and we'd dunk it in cricks and, and catch brook trout and we would take them home and eat them. Uh, as I kind of grew up and was able to start venturing out on my own and get away from those spots that my grandpa took me, I started to explore a lot more sections of streams and, and for many years, sections that I would find almost all brook trout in and hardly ever would find a brown trout. Uh, now, if you go back to a lot of those same sections, we're seeing mostly brown trout in them and almost no brook trout. And brook trout, and the reason is brook trout require a little bit colder of temperature of water, and they're not as competitive as brown trout. So that warming water has allowed the brown trout to kind of start to come up from the mouths of our rivers into these cricks and just just expand their habitat upwards and it's it's out they're out competing brook trout so there are i could probably name half a dozen cricks where you used to go only catch brook trout and now if i sent someone there they would only catch brown trout uh, and that's directly because of warming water and competition from brown trout you have a mentor that's fished the same stretch of river for about 55 years what's he saying about the fishing it's just different. Um, you know, he he talks about the, the water is just different. I mean, he for if you were to tell him 
55 years ago that this water was going to touch this particular stretch that we fish and i'm not going to name that because because <laughs> i have people who would have my head um <laughs> this particular stretch that we fish if you were to tell my mentor that 55 years ago that it would touch 70 degrees he would never believe you and now we we had i believe it was three days last year and two the year prior where we had nights we had planned on hex fishing and the water was 69 71 one night 72 another night um in in a stretch of river that that this gentleman had fished for 55 years and had never experienced anything like that so that's you know he he is fully aware that we have a lot of technology that allows us to monitor things but in his recollection we just we haven't we haven't had these kind of issues. We haven't had prolonged periods of heat in the summer that are that are warming our waters enough up enough that we're just not fishing out of out of being ethical catch and release anglers. Longer, warmer seasons and shorter periods of extreme cold allow insects, parasites, and other live organisms that negatively affect wildlife to persist longer and spread their populations and ranges. Two of the most documented examples are ticks and mosquitoes. These two species carry diseases and feed on mammals and birds to carry out their life histories. Mosquitoes carry diseases like West Nile virus, while ticks carry Lyme disease and simply eat away at mammals when infestations are severe. In the spring, these species are getting a head start when temperatures warm several weeks earlier than normal. And then in the fall, they catch a break by being able to persist a few weeks longer before season-ending freezes. This makes their ability to afflict wildlife and people much more impactful. For instance, Michigan has seen a sharp increase in Lyme disease, jumping from just 23 cases in 2000 to more than 400 in 2019, while the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention reports a three-fold increase in the number of tick-transmitted diseases in the U.S. over the past 12 years. And wildlife species like moose have been particularly hard hit by ticks. You know, I keep hearing stories about ticks literally sucking the life out of some species like moose and how warmer winters really fail to reduce tick numbers. And, you know, you can read a lot of horror stories about what's happening with ticks and finding these moose that are literally covered with ticks. Um, and their, their weights are really low and they're dying from this. Do you have any experience with that? Yeah. So growing up in, in Mesick and Northwest Lower Peninsula, uh, I never saw a tick or had a tick on me until I was probably 20 years old. So about 10 to 10 to 12 years ago. And now, uh, my wife and I just went for a walk yesterday. I pulled three ticks off my dog, two ticks off my wife. Um, so that is certainly an issue and their range is spreading. So it used to be, it was like Southeast Michigan and Northwest lower were kind of the two tick hotbeds. And those ranges are expanding throughout the center of the state up and, and you touched on exactly why is there are milder winters. They're able to survive longer, um, you know, they're able to reproduce and the, the I'm assuming the eggs are hatching at an earlier date, but it's something that, like I said, 10, 12 years ago, I hadn't seen a tick before that. And now if I don't find a tick on any of my outdoor excursions, it's a good day. 
Hunters and anglers in Michigan are undoubtedly seeing the effects of climate change on their sporting pursuits and on their daily lives. Without distinct and meaningful actions to curb emissions, restore damaged ecosystems, and the implementations of policies that help the state adapt to an already changing climate, sporting traditions and opportunities in Michigan are certainly threatened. Luckily, there are efforts underway in Michigan and across the country to reduce emissions to carbon neutral by 2050, and the sporting community is getting more engaged every day. There are also efforts to conserve and protect public and private lands, and to restore degraded landscapes such as replanting forests and stream banks, so that these lands can once again support healthy wildlife populations and help mitigate against climate-caused impacts. As hunters and anglers, we are key to these efforts. It's time to take a hard look at how we are going to affect change in positive ways that benefit fish and wildlife. What do you think the main things hunters and anglers should be thinking about in Michigan, you know, with regard to climate change? What, how should people be looking at this? So for too long, there's kind of been this mindset from hunters and anglers, at least in Michigan and from my perspective, that Climate change is this this big thing that isn't really impacting or affecting my way of life. Um, but I think if you started to really ask people and and kind of have them explain just as we're doing here what they're seeing, I think things start to click in the back of their mind, and that's how we kind of have to approach this conversation with hunters and anglers and really tie it to the the evidence that we're seeing or they're seeing directly on the ground. That makes a lot of sense. What do you think will happen to hunting and angling in Michigan if we, you know, if we just don't do anything, if we don't get to work combating climate change? (laughs) I think that I won't be woodcock banding in the spring. And I think that my duck hunting endeavors in the fall will look much different Uh, you know, I think that our rivers will become void of trout. And if you like to fish pike and walleye, and and I love to do that just as much, but we're, we're, you know, we're blessed in Michigan that we have waters that are specifically trout water and we have waters that are great for walleye and waters that are great for pike. Um, if we continue on the track we're on, uh, I could fully see Michigan's fishery becoming a bass and pike fishery, uh, and kind of being void of trout with the exception of maybe the upper peninsula and some streams that flow into Lake Superior. What do you hope happens, you know, on your favorite bird hunting grounds or your favorite fishing streams? What do you hope, what's your hope for the future? I hope that Michiganders and in particular hunters and anglers start to realize that climate change is very real. And it doesn't necessarily mean that we're always going to see a, 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 increase in temperatures year to year to year to year, but we are seeing volatile weather events that are clearly tied to climate change. And I hope that hunters and anglers can be a new voice in this. You know, I hope that we can, we can speak from our experiences and we can talk about the wildlife and our natural resources and kind of provide another lens that isn't, isn't being as closely covered in the media in in the context of climate change. I think there's a big opportunity here for conservationists to weigh in on this topic that's going to be so important to our way of life moving forward. This is Aaron Kindle, 
and this has been Vanishing Seasons, Climate Chronicles from the Field. Original music written and performed by Keenan Koppel. Audio production by Dave Waldron. Writing by Aaron Kindle. Much thanks to Nick Green for sharing his stories. Ask yourself today what you can do to help mitigate the impacts of climate change. What you will do to ensure future seasons. How you can demand that our decision makers take action right now to address our changing climate. And then set out tomorrow to get moving. Our sporting lives depend on it. For more information, visit nwf.org backslash game changer. This has been a production of NWF Outdoors. created by man don't miss wild country wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m eastern presented by primos speak the language waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment